0: Uh, I'm Janie Adams-Spar. I am from San Francisco, California. Um, this gathering means so much to me because I am seeing people, some of them I have not seen in 20 years, and we've been a part of this struggle for almost 40 years to be able to be in the same room again with and, and to be able to uh, look across or be next to the people that we have struggled with and for, um, to see younger people who are here, to feel this liberation movement from the inside out, uh, has it's, it's so extraordinary. Um, and I'm so grateful to Ray and to Stony Point and so on that they would set this scene so that we could be here to not only reunionize, or reunite, but to gather together, listen to the history and history so people won't forget our founder David Sint and so on but that we would also then, what does our future look like? Having come through what we've come through, where do we go from here? So it's wonderful to be here.
1: I am Jim Spahr and I was Jamie Spar's last husband, or no, uh, yes, your last husband, and Jackie is my last wife.
2: <laughs> he knows what's good for him.
1: <laughs> and you are.
2: Oh, is that it? <laughs> I'm Jackie Spar, and um, I came through this to this movement through Jamie and Jim and my love for them and for the um, love I have had for for the people that I have met, um, yeah. for our friends. And
1: uh, that picture of Susie that oh. they showed Mm-hmm. Lots of memories. Memories, oh. yeah. All the, all the pictures that they are showing, uh, I can't walk by Howard.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I
3: know. Yeah.
1: So, Jeannie, from
3: your perspective, um, I think maybe 74% of the speakers with the microphone have mentioned your name. Uh, and that's, that's probably a, uh, an undercounting. Um, you are a giant in the, in, the, uh, in the movement. And I'm wondering how that looks to you as you look back and as you look forward and as you assess what's, what's true now. About the movement, I'm wondering. I'm wondering, you know, in the midst of it being nice to see people, what your, how you're, how you're feeling, and what your vision is, how you're being inspired as you see. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I, I think, um, you know, we're all part of a movement, and we all have our time, and that's why you're hearing everyone's story and how important they are. So the thing is, it was just at, at a certain time in a certain place. It was like my turn, but everybody has a turn in this, and so I just feel like uh, it's uh, just part being a part of something, a movement in time in which we all, like, say, have our time. So for me, I'm I'm, I'm not only interested in the liberation of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people, and intersex, and queer, and questioning the words get bigger and bigger because we learn so much more. Um, But I'm also interested in the impact. Um, Let's look at the, I spoke some of that today, the culture, the environment. Um, What are we doing? Um, How do our oppressions connect? How do our liberations connect? What do we do about certainly sexual orientation and so on, but also what do we do about race, class, gender. It just gets more, what do we do about climate change, what do we do about... Because they all impinge on one another. And I think we see these connections now so much more. And I, I think when coming out, it, it saved my life because I was on a script. You're on a script. and, and uh, But when you come off the script, I think it saves your life and you begin to ask these questions. Um, Who isn't at the table, and why, and why not? And I think it it frees you then to ask different questions, to uh, hopefully um, help be a part of the change. Again, that we look at systems of power and how they work, and i mentioned this before, who defines and who doesn't. You know, a friend of mine uh, dying of HIV said, you know, them that ask the questions, Know the answers, and they got it. And the words— whoever owns the words owns the world. Stuff like that. Um, so the thing is, I think for me, it's it's this whole years. It's it's seeing several friends of mine dying. It's burying so many of our friends. It's loving our people through their life and in their death. It's all of that together. And they were young people. Um, it's it's. Um, looking at our family and the transition family. I'm very lucky because Jim could have made it so difficult in the early years because people were losing their children. They were families and so Jim and Jack and I have met with families going through this transition. So I have a support team. We have sons and daughters. We have people that that love us so that so that, and, and I see the color, color of my skin, and I know white privilege, so I know I have access in certain ways and, and access in not so, certain ways. You know, so all of that comes to bear when we answer that question. Uh, so I've been most fortunate because Jim could have said, I'm taking your boys, and this is how it is. But we went to a higher ground, and I think what we said was, uh, when we separated, we said, How, how can we? how can we be the best friends that we are okay and what would this mean for our children do you know and i think one of the great things that jim said he said to the boys everybody will say that the reason we are not together is because mommy is a lesbian but it's as much that daddy is a heterosexual and he cannot meet mommy but no one will tell you this so i think those those moments that, um, and when your children, when I was on trial and, and they were saying terrible things, you know, like I was a child molester at the first trial, just terrible. And I watched in this film that they were doing, Jimmy just taking me around and he said this to me. He said, I thought Presbyterians were educated. He said, this is evil. And anyone saying anything like this about my mother, do you have any idea, mother? And he literally moved me away from the court. Uh, it was those kinds of things. And then you watch your children where they are and how they've been affected and so on. But we because we were a team and, and did I did Jim and Jackie's wedding and well, then they're, they're, both they're, of both them. Both of them, yeah, Three of both them. Are, yeah. So the thing is what are you what are you modeling? What are you modeling to your community? And the thing is it's all real and it's authentic and this love is not casual. It's very intense. It's, I mean, I love her as much as I do him. Do you know, I mean, but there was an understanding that they had, um, that we all knew, like when we were on trial, when I was on trial, I mean, they're my advance team. They go and find the places where we're gonna stay, and so sort on, of it. it's like, so I got, man, I, uh, they have my back. Do you know what I'm saying? So do you know how lucky, how fortunate that is? So that then we can really get at the big issues because I don't have to worry about will I have my children or not? Will they take you know, what, what will happen here? So it's a different I got I got this. I got this and not only that, I have now Rhonda, Jackie's daughter. I mean the whole family comes on these trials and so on. So it grows out. Might saying is is this answering your question? I mean, it's um so I know access, but if I didn't have this, um, and that's why Jim and Jackie and I meet with families, and like Jim said, we just get new information. And what do you do with that new information? You can either remain friends and be friends and extend your family, that's what he said. We just extended our family. You know. But that's, that's been so lucky. Jackie and I did a, a, a conference together in the Silomar. And they thought we were sisters, on sexuality and spirituality. And, and Jackie said, uh, "Well, can I can I introduce us?" <laughs> and she said, "This is how we started this workshop." She said, "Well, this is Janie Spar, and she used to sleep with Jim Spar, and I'm Jackie Spar, and I sleep with him now." And the whole class from then on, you can't believe what the people shared with us, because. The atmosphere was open. People shared to us their deepest secrets, all that kind of thing. So for me, the work that that we have done as family and then going out from the downtown church, what I said to the church was, I became your secret holder. Because when you talk about sexuality and spirituality, the secrets begin to come. Way more than whether they were lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender people were coming out about incest, about rape, about drug abuse, about every kind of thing. So the LGBT thing was the gift that I got, but the other stuff was, wow this is serious, we're talking about date rape in schools, so we had to meet them and get these kids safe. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like people had these secrets worried about mental health and what would people think and what would people think about and we just said the church should be a place where you can say anything and you could get the help that you need so it was that going around the country and getting this and when when it was a secret that was harmful then we had to deal with it right then when it was a secret that you say okay so oh so I'm talking too much, but, I mean, <laughs> I no, so, so, but these are these
3: things. So, so, so Jim, when I met you yesterday, I, it is the it is the first time that I've ever heard someone introduce themselves in the way that you did. This is this is my first wife, you said, and this is my last wife speaking. <laughs> you. And and, and um, listening to to, um, to Jim describe the what you. Your reactions were. I'm. I'm. I'm wondering uh, if you could just give a window into those. Those motivations. How it is that you. What was happening for you? I mean, in in a moment that, that if someone were reading it, it seems like a crisis, kind of. Uh, oh, kind uh, of. But 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 what you've transformed it into is 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 really a ministry of of a, of a unique perspective, and I'm just wondering if you could share part of that journey.
1: Well, it, uh, Jane and I didn't uh, emerge from the womb of our wedding, if or of our marriage, if you will, into full blown, comfortable, understanding people of one another. Uh, it was a process. All right. I was aware that there was something between Jane and I that wasn't right. I mean, you know, all the equipment was appropriate to man and wife, and we did all the man and wife stuff, and we had babies, and we went to, you know, church and did our thing, but there was something that didn't fit. I could see that, and if you ever have the experience, you'll see it. I hope you don't, but you'll see it. But it's obvious from what you are seeing here at the conference, I married an extraordinary woman, all right, and I knew that. And I don't know why I knew it, but I did. And when we came time to divorce, I wasn't so much worried or even thinking, considering about whether I'd... Well, first of all, in 1977, if there's a divorce, the man always lost its over. Right? At that point in time in California, I think there were maybe a couple dozen cases, if that, where the man had succeeded in, in getting custody. So I just assumed the kids were gone. I was too busy being a big wheel flying around the country in the company airplane and then later on managing my own business. I just wasn't there. And then I realized that what I thought might happen was going to happen. And I had to do something to recover my family. And it was real simple. There's no standing between Jane and the boys. I mean, that was crystal clear. So it just... uh, I don't want to say options fell away, concerns fell away. This is just what it's going to be, you know. Jane and I aren't going to be married, but if I want to be in the life of my boys, I damn well better not diss their mother. It better not happen, and I got that early on. If you're not busy trying to figure out, I think, if you're not busy trying to trash people, then you might have an opportunity to see who they are. And I know who she is. I knew then, okay? So it was just a matter of standing back and seeing how in the hell we were gonna deal with this disruption or whatever you call it. And in the meantime, she took me to church uh, and I met this one. And it just, it trans I mean, there were a lot of time, different things went on, but it became real clear to me when I was with Jackie, people would ask me, well, what's the difference? It's real easy. The difference is when I turn to Jackie, Jackie turns to me. Mm-hmm. When I turn to Jane, she'd move away to avoid intimacy. OK? I thought, sorry, Jane, a lot better. Love you, dear. But And, and that's the truth. And so if you just sit there and pay attention and, and don't get noisy. And then we started meeting uh, you know, Chris. And David Sin, she took me, we went to lunch at the duo. You remember that? Mm -mm. (laughs) It was a wonderful time, just up the street from the Jaguar, which I'm glad is gone. Anyhow, that was quite a time in the Castro. And after we divorced, because of circumstances, everybody just assumed I was a gay man, because in 1977 there were no such things as lesbians Certainly not pastors. Certainly not pastors. Mm-hmm. So I was a gay man, and I started getting treated as such, and I <laughs> thought, not too cool, all right? But if they think I'm a gay man, I might as well go into the Castro. We live 25 miles away. Mm-hmm. And that just that transformed me. I went into the Golden Gate Business Association mm-hmm. meeting in the city at the Italian, Swiss... Swiss Italian, Swiss Italian uh, club on on Montgomery Street, and I walked into that meeting and two gay men started coming toward me and I thought, uh oh, how do you deal with this? Well, hell, they weren't looking at me as an item; they thought a new member, more membership. Well, after I got over my silliness of worrying about that, life turned grand. I had more damn fun in the Castro. I'd go in there sometimes twice a day. I was an insurance agent with New York Life Insurance Company. Uh, You were supposed to be three-piece suits, you know what I mean, and all that. I had on jeans, cord jacket, open collar, uh, cowboy boots, and a purse. And I'd go into the city and I discovered that when I was dealing with these gay men and lesbians, I didn't know, <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't know they were so dissed. I didn't understand that. But after, I don't know, 20 or 30 you know, clients of mine, I realized that I was the first professional person that walked into their life and said, how's this family dealing with things? What's the family status? And nobody treated him as family. We'd have George and Fred okay, George, you can leave while I take care of Fred's business, that kind of thing. So it was unfair. And uh, I had an advantage, and I took great advantage of that. And we now probably have half our clients are, used to be about 90% of our clients were gay and lesbian. And then we moved out to Petaluma and straight people started doing business with us. Mm-hmm. So it's not that. So So my, my journey was pretty much following Jane And discovering how much I did not know about what this was about, and then finding it. I mean, the Castro was wonderful. Mm -hmm. And then I married Jackie, and that just—I didn't have to worry about Jackie and Jane, except getting left behind. Okay, (laughs) or they one would tell the other what stupid thing I had done. I mean, other than that kind of, I didn't have to worry. Some folks have a divorce, and you know they wind up with X and X and a new one. That wasn't part of my life. It wasn't part of my life. It still wasn't. And our family just got bigger and bigger, didn't it? Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm.
3: So, Jackie, then your perspective um, is—I'm I'm interested to know the, the how it happened for you and your vision. Um, because you know, for me, I'm looking at the three of you, and you're you're a trio, right? Um, three so, we were a foursome,
1: but one of us can't be here. Okay, okay,
3: yeah. So I'm, I'm so I'm interested. Um, how in your story, in terms of your engagement with a, well, quite literally and figuratively with Joe, and uh, how you found the circumstance, and how is that how that has fed you or, or contributed to, to your per- current perspective?
2: I met Janie first, in a work situation. Uh, she was the pastor and I was on staff at that church, uh, in a financial secretary. And I said in the room today that I fell in love with Janie like everybody does. Um, and I didn't, until I said it today, I didn't realize how true it was. Uh, and then when she came out to me, and, and I barely knew Jim. He traveled um, and was home on the weekends. I'd see him in church but we didn't know one another very well. Um, when Jane came out to me I uh, I was very afraid for her and very afraid for our church. Uh, I had a heterosexual uh, woman woman's perspective. I was totally ignorant about uh, gay and lesbian issues uh, had never had a friend that I knew was uh, was lesbian or gay gay man is that true yeah it was at that time and um, and it was Janie it didn't make any difference I mean she wasn't any different and then as things evolved I met more and more um, mostly lesbians, but a few gay men. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved them, and then I saw the pain they were going through in the church. Um, and when the whole question of whether or not they could be ordained came up in the church, and I saw the pain in there, and I, and when the decision went against us, um, it was a blow. I, I hardly could believe it. it. It was just so unChristian, and this is my n- naivete. I just, I just, it n- never occurred to me. So that's how I started. Later on, I mean, it was six or seven more years before Jim and I got together. I worked for him uh, in his business, and we were still very good friends after they divorced. While they were divorcing, after they divorced, we, we remained very good friends. I was, I was married to someone else for 25 years, and, um, and way down the road we got a divorce. Um, and then one day, <laughs> my friend Jim helped me move into my house when I moved out of my house. I moved into another place, and Jim helped me move. Uh, we remained friends, and then one time we just it just clicked. Clicked, and all of a sudden it was Jim was. Hmm. I'd never met a a man like Jim. Um, with his heart, I'm very proud of him. And um, his heart and his integrity. Um, and it became a justice issue
0: for me. Mm. We were all rooting that it would be her. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You know I mean the community's like, yeah, that she would be, this would be great, but you know, you're you know, all oh, their lesbian friends and so on, they just have to get together kind of thing, you know. So we were all
2: we were all rooting for this relationship. And I'll say something here that I've never said out loud before. Uh, I'm not sure how it'll go on the tape. You can cut it out. But Jim and I, first the first time we were ever together, um, he had the boys. And I spent the night. And the next day, Jim, Jimmy, Jim Jr., um, said, what did he say? What is this with you and Jackie? What's happening? And Jim said, we're helping one another, or, what was it like? Oh darn, I wish I could remember the words, because these boys are, I mean, with parents like this, um, these boys just, we can tell stories all day long about how wise they've been all along, but Jim said, you know, we're just, we're helping one another. And we were, we were both in Rough places, and uh, it just worked.
1: We married, and the boys adopted Rhonda, or maybe Rhonda Ron adopted them. Rhonda
2: adopted them. She'd always wanted brothers.
1: It just fit.
0: Mm-hmm. To, and the boys love her. Yeah. You
1: know, and now, um, Janie and I had two boys, and Ron, now Rhonda, Jackie had Rhonda, and now we have a collection of grandchildren, and they don't participate much because I don't think they can believe it's just, they think it's stupid. You know, what's going on that there's, what do you mean they won't ordain Janie? or some of that's young people. That's young people. They don't get it. Mm -hmm. Well, who does?
2: Well, the church gets it. I mean, the church has said no all this time, but I think young people just say, what?
1: We had a very intimate Easter dinner. We couldn't have know all the family out there so it was just the 30 of us okay what mm-hmm. started out as Jim and Jackie and Jane and I look up and down the table and I'm not sure what the composition was are you mm-hmm. I mean I think we we're mostly straight weren't we oh
0: no I about half and half about half and half yeah, a
1: half and a half. Uh-huh.
0: yeah.
1: Uh-huh. hard to tell yeah. who cares okay who cares? Who cares? yeah hmm So that was our Easter dinner. It was wonderful and I just wish that for everybody. But you can't get there if you get hung up, you know, trying to decide the worth of somebody based upon what you believe to be their orientation or their skin color or their ethnic ethnicity. I mean we just made it, didn't we?
0: Well and i th- I think the thing you know when people are like, "Oh well, what's it like?" And I think just exactly what Jim said when he said to me, janie you you have to think to touch me, you know he said, but Jackie reaches out for my hand i mean it's that thing, and he used to follow me around the kitchen and so he touched me head and so on like that, but I never thought to do that with him, but now with my partner, I mean you know she's they' you know it's just that simple. <laughs> It's that easy, and and I always said, for me, I mean, it's it's like a dear best pal, um, but like for my partner, it's like um, I, there's a there's a God place in us somehow. There's the deepest part of us, and um, Jim is touched by Jackie in that place as I'm touched by my partner, and I. That's the place I have to be met. So, why the church gets nervous sometimes is I, as I travel the country, I say the reason why I'm lesbian is because of God. Because when you're in the script and you're going down this path, this this God keeps coaxing you into yourself, and I think that's what I had to hear for me. I had to hear that or feel that. Well, gardens.
2: and when I divorced, um, it would have been really dinging, frankly, if I could have been lesbian. I had a lot of lesbian, <laughs> great lesbian friends, and it would have been so much easier. You know women are so much easier to get along with, uh, in a partnership. But it just, it just wouldn't work for me. You know, I am a flaming heterosexual,
1: and um, self-affirmed. Self-affirmed, <laughs> practicing. Well, no, quit no,
2: practicing. No, no, no. Got it made. Got yeah, anyway, you know it anyway. Anyway, so that's you know, I I understand that because I've got that same thing here, and mm-hmm. I don't frankly understand why other people don't understand it. You
1: you heard Jane's name mentioned out there so much. You know, mm-hmm. the number of times. And that came about because once you get turned on, and you see what the church, in in our early years, everybody else was doing to folk, without reason or, you know, destroying lives, tearing up families. And you just you can't leave that behind. You can't turn away and say, "Gosh, I hope they work that out." I mean, it was us. Okay, and now we match made. We just our latest match was a nice gay couple.
0: hmm So we've gone way over our fifteen minutes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. Thanks.